you identify those resources on your team that are eager to do it, that already have some experience doing it from an engineering and a technology perspective, and you let them loose. And then all of a sudden they become the ones that are mentoring the other team members that have hesitations. The principle in there was we're gonna relentlessly engineer, simplify, and automate. And the order is extremely important. You have to engineer simple things first, then you automate. Welcome to the CIO Exchange Podcast. I'm Dean Porter de Leon. This conversation was recorded at our CIO Forum in San Francisco in 2019, where I had the opportunity to sit down with Vipul Nagrath, CIO of ADP, and a key member of Vipul's team, Mark Chamberlain, who is the Global VP of Infrastructure as a Service. Vipul, Mark, and I discuss a major project they undertook to create 200 agile teams around the globe by helping the operations and engineering sides of the house speak a common coding language. Thank you guys for joining. I've got Mark Vipple. Thanks for coming on the CIO Exchange podcast. I really wanted to get into a conversation that we had uh, before Vipple about something really, really interesting that you guys did, which was created this global agile team. 200 teams, is it 200 teams? 200, 200, te- yeah. 200 teams around the country. And we've got Mark here who did the execution part of it. So this was on your PowerPoint. That was your KPI there, yep. like with the, the red, yellow, green. That's right. And wanted to kind of see you guys really kind of talk about what was what was that like? I mean, what was it like just, just setting the principles and really from a people standpoint too? Because I mean, you alluded to, Vipul, that this is a cultural shift for some people, a big shift for some people. And maybe kind of give me a little bit of flavor. Maybe, you know, Vipul, you start out just kind of talking about what's that, what was that principle starting like? like? And then maybe, Mark, maybe you tell us, say, what was it like when Vipul came in your office and said, hey, we're going to do this thing? We have to talk about the larger story, right? Yeah. The, the, the larger story is the way we manage our, our teams, our infrastructure, um, and for that matter, it really could talk to how we manage all of technology and even managing the company, right? Four principles we're grounded on is stability, agility, efficiency, security. Quite frankly, that's, that's pretty germane, I think, to every CIO out there. Now, specifically inside this work that we did, creating these 200 agile teams, full stack development teams for infrastructure, and, and that's, that's really kind of important because we took both our enterprise applications and our infrastructure teams, and that's who this was targeted on, as opposed to all, of, all the rest of our development uh, community and all of our, our, our R&D teams, which had already gone through this similar kind of an agile uh, transformation years earlier. Okay, so, you had, so a, you had some teams that were already, you had a little bit of experimentation? Well, I'd say of, the bulk, the, the bulk, I'd say about maybe 60 to 70%, and um, that 60, 70% was pure dev, yeah. right? And, so and so different, totally different culture. It was a totally different culture. <laughs> yeah. So what we went to address was all that IT operations, our compute, our server, our network, our storage, you know, our end user compute. It's, it's all the things that, that are very, very, very important, um, but don't actually fit into the identically into, you know, the, the agile manifesto. Uh, letter for letter, yeah, right. So it was a, a little, a little bit of, of, of tweaking that, yeah. that, that had to be done in there. Now with that, yes, these two hundred teams, uh, full stack developers. The principle in there was we're going to relentlessly engineer, simplify, and automate. And the order is extremely important. Yeah, you have to engineer simple things first, then you automate. If you just automate what you have today, you're just going to take the same. Well garbage and just do it faster. Yeah, exactly. And, like it was, and, and, I think somebody said too, they're like, yeah. okay, so wait, I'm going to Agile so I can increase my backlog more? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> grow my backlog faster. Yeah, I can do that. It's a, that's not what the intent was here, right? I mean, the, the, and, and, and that was actually part of our KPIs. It's like, let's go understand how we do things today and let's understand every nit, nat, and little detail. Yeah. And if this is, you're doing something that's taking 55 steps and 42 handoffs, does that rationally sound right? Yeah. 
right? I, I don't think so. Yeah, it's good right? when you can step back and see that perspective because it does. It puts that. It really puts it into perspective. It says, yeah, this is this is not. This yeah. Is not work. So you know, as an example, we took a, 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 the, the very first team actually, right? Took a hundred day process and got it in eleven minutes. Oh wow! And and, oh, one, and so wait, a hundred days to eleven minutes. A hundred days of actual calendar time, and I think it might have even been as high as one twenty. Yeah. Um, and and when we looked inside, because that's calendar time, like. And there's a lot of wait state in there. Like if yeah. I if I pass a ticket off to you and then you do something, then you pass it off to Mark, and then Mark passes it back to me, we lose a lot of time yeah. in, in that, right? And the bomb is now, on someone's desk and someone's gotta give them exactly. a sticker so they sign it. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and if we just pulled that part of it out and said, okay, let's look at actual effort. Mark, how much time are you spending on this? And how much time am I spending? And, and how much time is, is Jim spending and Bob spending? And when we got through that, mm -hmm. we actually found that there were s over 6,000 minutes of effort. Because when you take 40 or 50 people, and each one has to do their 5 or 10 minutes, and when you total it all together, you end up at you know this massive number. Yeah. We said, that, that again, well, let's rationalize that. If we instead write software to do this, we pull the APIs that we need, and, and we engineer a simplified process, how fast can we get it? Now, I honestly thought, I said, look, let, can we get this thing down to an hour or two? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and getting down to 11 minutes was, was well beyond even what I expected. Yeah. But when I let the teams just go off and Mark let the teams just go off and, and he was managing those teams directly, we let those teams go off and do their stuff, they really truly did magic. They came back with magic. Wow. No, and and far exceeded. Now, reality is when we're down 11 minutes, it, we might do something on the backlog and get it to eight or nine. Okay, great. Yeah. But that's not going to make the material difference. Yeah. Now, if they can get that down to 30 seconds, it'll make a material difference. Yeah. But in the meantime, we have so many other of these processes that are sitting out there that have not been engineered down to, from a large scale to this small scale. Let's go spend the time over there. Yeah. So what was that? So maybe that wasn't such a crazy uh, moment when like Vipple walks into your office and says, "Hey, we're going to do this, you know, 200 agile thing, but we're going to do it with not developers. We're going to do it with this other, yeah, yeah, this other guys." What was oh, it? Was what was that? It was crazy. <laughs> in, in, in part of the craziness is is when you think about agile and you think about putting an agile process in place, you think of developers and developers all speak a common language, whether it's Java or it's C, C++, if it's a front end developer, you can get them all together, right? And you've got that, that pizza sized team that can talk about right sizing a project and leveraging the strengths across a common tool, whether it's Java or, or Python. Um, and the challenge we had with infrastructure is when you start thinking about taking a network engineer and a database engineer and a server engineer and putting them into a team and saying, now talk a common language, they all look at each other and can't figure out Really, what, yeah, how do I right size it? What are we trying to accomplish? Yeah. So, you know. So, wait, I'm going to sit next to you and you're going to send me the ticket. Like, and I'll just talk to you about the ticket while I'm sitting next to you. Well, that's what we had yeah. before, too, yeah. right? It was just, you know, and that was some of the fear was that this team brought together would start using the same principles they had in place already, which was ticket passing and not figuring out how to make a better process, right? And that's yeah. part of the challenge. And, and Vipple brings it up all the time. Talk to the person. Stop using tickets as the way to figure out how to do, you know, how to do the work. It's, you know, talk to each other. And the goal of these teams coming together was that they would stand up every day and talk about, you know, what did you do yesterday, what are you doing today, and what are your challenges, and how can that team work together to be able to figure out how to come, you know, how to solve whatever that business challenge is that they were focusing on. Yeah, and that's a, it's, what was, I mean, what was it like too for that, because with developers, like you said, they have kind of this common language. They come to it with sort of that mentality, this is the way we're going to do things, this is how we're going to create and ideate and get things done, but you have this other audience, this 
I have my silo. I'm in my, my, my cube. I send out ticket. Ticket gets done. Something comes back to yeah. me. Uh, and that was so that's cultural. It's personal. It's all. It. It, it, was, it was a brand new muscle that folks had to learn how to exercise. You know, it's like the very first day you're walking into a gym and you're like, man, I don't even know what that machine is. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to and, touch and, it. And, 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 and I'm going to get. And you, and you hurt the first and, day. And, and you're going to hurt on, on the first and second day with, with, with your muscle soreness there, yeah. right? Uh, but two weeks later or a month later, that soreness is gone and now you actually know how to do it. So, yes, the tool was the Agile principles. The tool was Scrum, yeah. right? In addition to that, Mark brings up common language. If you're in the network space, you talk network speak. And if you're in the database space, you talk SQL. And if you're in the compute space, you know, you're either talking bare metal or some type of virtualization, right? So when you start wanting to putting that all together and saying, what are we actually trying to achieve? Can we stop thinking about our different silos? But think about what we're trying to achieve, the output we're trying to get. Oh, and by the way, is there a way to have a common language around that? And to Mark's credit, he identified that, you know what, we could use Python actually for each and every one of these teams that, that for in the network space, there were Python libraries for the networking. In the, the database space, we could use Python on top of SQL. In our compute space, we could use Python. So we ended up settling in on Python as our, we didn't create a language, we just used what was there, but we created a common culture yeah. that lets all of you start and all of us start now at least using this common language. And on top of that, we also used playbooks. Yeah. Yeah. And right? so nobody freaked out when like, you said Python. Nobody they did it ran first. for the door. They, they did it first. <laughs> they, they really did. Yeah, infrastructure, everybody does shell, right? It's oh, you, know, yeah. you hack up a shell script, you're on a machine, yeah. you have to do something quick and you know, it's quick and sometimes very complicated. Yeah. They write the shell script and, and they execute it and move on, right? And and a lot of times what we're we're missing out is that that's great knowledge that somebody else is not leveraging. So being able to take a step back and say, let's all talk Python, let's leverage the software that a lot of the hardware infrastructure is already starting to use, and then let's do things like developers do. Let's source our code in a common repository. Let's start understanding what a CI CD pipeline looks like. Let's start thinking about how to deploy software in a way that the developers have been doing for years, but we can do similar in infrastructure. So there was a lot of nervousness at the beginning, but yeah. with, with any, any change, you, you give everybody the time, you identify those resources on your team that are eager to do it, that already have some experience doing it from an engineering and a technology perspective, and you let them loose. And then all of a sudden they become the ones that are mentoring the other team members that have hesitation. So, you know, you nice. just have to find those those pockets of uh, support, empower them with whatever technology or direction you're looking for, and let them sort of go out and run with it. Yeah, find those champions in there. Yes. So do you have, do you have any stories about some good champions that you guys had um, in there, you know, in different... Well, places? actually, our, some of our, our, our largest champions were actually here at this event last year. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> great. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, 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 you know, as, as uh, one of the things that we're proud of as a company to, to, to have gotten uh, actually with VMware was, was, was the Cloud Impact Award. Uh, and, and it was those very champions that, that, that actually did the work to help us, you know, achieve that success. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that we, we, we found a lot. They were very eager to learn, and, and, and in fact, the ones that took us from 6,000 minutes of effort and, and, and 100 days of doing stuff down to 11 minutes of, an, of, a, of a program that just runs now. Oh, and by the way, once that program's, it's more than one program, but that system that's ready, I can make that self-service for developers. Yeah. Okay, it, it's, they, they can go run it on their own it now. It doesn't end there. 
doesn't end there. No. Like I said, it's, a, it's something that never ends, actually. Right. It's just a process that you can commonly get. So, where, so where, uh, where is it at, I guess, at this point, too? Where, kind of where are people at? Are people, if you stop freaking out, I imagine, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're starting to settle in, and you're starting to see some, like, you know, because I always like employee experiences are yeah. great, that engagement's always great. Is, is you, are you finding that? We're, we're about 27, 30 months into this, yep. right? At, at this point, somewhere in there, maybe we're month 20. Seven or twenty eighth, yeah. like anything, it's it's uh, the work's never done. It's it's an evolution, and it's the you know what are the KPIs for this year? What will you know? We'll set some new KPIs for next year. We'll set some new KPIs for the year, year thereafter, and we call it phase one. Right? Phase one was organizing principles. Phase two is is rooted in the okay. Now let's set up KPIs uh, per team outside of just organizing yourselves, right? Yeah. And what are the actual outputs and results that we can go measure? And with that, we're actually once again saying, okay, what greater and and more and an additional opportunity do we have? Um, where we need to do even more org realignment and, and rationalization. So, for instance, we talk about DevOps. We still have developers. We still have operators, and it's like. In certain cases, should those really be two separate teams, or should that just now be one full stack system reliability engineering team? Yeah, you know, all the way from dev down to release and everything in between. And um, we're going through that rationalization right now, and um, in fact, some of that is is going to change. Right, and are you doing any experimentation? Has Mark got got any pilots? Uh, that where you kind of like just take some more of those so champions, kind of you know see what that mix looks like and see you know what what can do if they if they just reorg them a little bit. Yeah, we're actually looking at different areas where we think that from a dev and ops perspective that bringing them together there there's going to be the ability to increase our efficiency, increase our stability, to be able to do things in a way that in these two separate silos we we probably wouldn't have been able to achieve. But we would have never been able to even look at what the development community is doing and how they're doing it and how we're doing it from an operations perspective without us going through this realignment first, right? Aligning towards these teams and what we wanted to do is put us in a position where now we think we can start working up the stack and bringing these two teams together focused on, you know, again, very specific business outcomes and how do we bring that development community and those operation operation teams and engineers together to be able to create even a better process, to be able to bring a developer process and an operations process together. Nice, too. And, and how is that... Uh... Uh, I guess, how is that evolution um, sort of translating into you know customer experience, employee experience? That because you, you mentioned the business outcomes, yeah. um, and and how are you seeing? I guess maybe what are what are some of the benefits already? Because you're saying phase one percentage through. Yeah. Maybe kind of talk about some of the sort of the big aha moments where you're like, oh wow, this is really this is getting steam. This is making something a real impact. Yeah. Look, some 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 of the impact that we see is is I'll call it a little bit more uh, quote unquote on the back end, mm-hmm. and and customers aren't necessarily seeing it or feeling it. And and here's what I mean is, we would have a lot of false positives that we've now pulled the noise out of the system, so we can actually find the real. You know, when you talk about a signal to noise ratio, yeah. we can see the true signals and pull the noise out. So you know, th- there were some things where we were actually over monitoring and, and and in a bad way. Yeah. You know, getting. A thousand alerts a day, and then ignoring most of them because, like, uh, you know, so like the guys, if, if we don't need them, then, then we just pull them out of the yeah. system. It's not not now. You're just down to the few that matter, and you can actually do something about it. In addition to that, we have actually engineered things that that only took a little bit of time for 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 us as humans to go fix, but we'd be constantly like 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 running in a in a wheel, right? Constantly like a hamster yeah. wheel, constantly fixing them. And, and so now um, we've engineered some things like, wait a minute, if I see this signal, if I, see, if I monitor this event, just go uh, remediate it, have the software remediate it on its own. 
So the cu- that's not necessarily something that the customers see because it never happens. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, like oh, I always say the best outages are the ones that don't occur. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? I was just about to say this, the things you don't even notice. So yeah. it's like, great, it's, you, nothing bad happened, and, but nobody noticed that nothing bad happened because right. it didn't yeah. happen, which is exactly what you want. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely the theme of what we've been doing is a, a lot of this work we've been, you know, engineer, the work we've been doing is engineering processes where the R&D teams or even the customers do not know what we've done and they don't see the problem, right? Being able to use the data now that we can see it. And like people said, there was so much noise out there. You really couldn't see any trends. You couldn't see it. And when we talk about AI and ML and all these buzzwords out there, they're all great. But if you don't have the data to help back it up, those those models don't work, right? That Those concepts don't work. Now that we're getting so deep into the way things happen from an, an infrastructure perspective and using the really good data to be able to auto-remediate and to engineer processes that will allow us to auto-remediate are paying great dividends. And again, it's it's the experience going up the stack that from our R&D counterparts up to the businesses, up to our customers themselves don't even see things happening. Right? Yeah. Well, what will ultimately be seen when we, when we look at the, when you finally measure the, those results, it'll come through increased NPS. Mm-hmm. And I mean, client satisfaction, right? Um, it's an evolution and we still have a lot, a lot of work to do. Yeah, uh, not we, we're, we are, we're not, we're not bored. <laughs> it, it, look, we're, we're, we're an extremely, you know, we, we have an extremely large estate of, of infrastructure around the world. We have many different products that we offer to our clients. Uh, there's a lot of complexity in there. We're trying to solve many problems that, that have crept up over the years. And again, not any one of them through any bad intent. It's just eventually the estate yeah. Your, your your baggage, right, yeah. just gets sold. The large. ivy starts growing up the side of the wall, and you yeah. rip that out, and there's like, you know, a gopher over there. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, and do you find, though, this is a, because what really fascinates me is the virtuous circle uh, uh, that's created once you have a team that can move faster, once you have a team that's organized differently. Now you have something that was moving slow, and you moved it slow to a faster model. Now everything is, you're finding that you're, a lot of things that used to take time to just change the way that they did things are, are just either instantaneous or, or take... Uh, not not quite instantaneous yet. It's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, there, there, there are pockets where we say, yep, that's, that's instantaneous. Yeah. Like, the, the team reacted <laughs> that well. There are other pockets where we're, we're still moving along uh, on, on the journey. Yep. Yeah. And one of the nice things, too, is, as Bipple says, it's not instantaneous, but, you know, just looking at technology in general, the, the technology soup of, uh, uh, that's out there, there's so much technology, we never really had the time to be able to really go out and understand technology and how to apply it in a way that's going to help us or help our environment or to help us be able to create solutions for the future. But now that you said we're getting faster in some places, it is freeing up some resources for us to be able to go out and start understanding what the technology looks like. And is there the ability to understand it better and possibly apply it? Yeah, one, one of the you know the, the exciting places of being on the bleeding edge is is you get to see a lot of new stuff. Well, one of the downsides of that is that, that you end up in places where um, if you want to be an early adopter, you may not be on the the final state of what that technology is going to be, or e- even what solution finally uh, wins out. Yeah. Right. Well, let's let's say let's say orchestration, right? We now finally have a, uh, I think now today in 2019, a, a clear leader on orchestration. If you go back five years ago, it was a, it was a much greater open question, and and so it takes time for some of these things to shake out and settle out. Uh, and the industry has kind of agreed on what that 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 leader is, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's not clear in the beginning. It's not clear in the beginning. 
Yeah, it's all just murky. And so kind of looking forward to where, where do you feel like this, some of the stuff that you're talking about, being able to adopt some new technologies now, where do you see sort of some of the stuff that, hey, in five years from now, this will probably be settled, but right now it's, it's you know, who knows? Are you guys experimenting with anything like that? Um, I think you could probably apply that to a lot of places. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, know, it's every, every, that's everything we're doing. It's, well, well, it is, <laughs> Pretty right? Much. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you think about the public cloud and, and how to use that in a way for uh, large enterprises, right? The hybrid versus the multi, right? It's, it's a theme out there of how do you define that and what does that mean and, and what we talk about now versus where we will be five years from now when it just comes to cloud, when it comes to orchestration, when it comes to containerization, when it comes to microservices, when it comes to blockchain, AI, ML, yeah. all of these things are being discussed, but how they get applied and and what is success with that technology five from five years from now will be very different. Yeah, I mean, the industry hasn't, I guess, decided, like, hasn't decided on any of this. They hasn't said, hey, this is our platform, this is the thing, this is the standard. Because then, you know, once you, you know, get there, then, okay, now it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> and that, But at the same time, now everyone can agree and we can actually build something on top of this. Yeah, well, at least for now. Yeah. Right, because it will change. It will, whatever the standard is now, will evolve. But being able to get to the point where we can understand it and spend time with it. So if it does evolve, the evolution becomes a lot easier for us. We're not starting from square one. We're in the thick of it right now when it comes to technology. So if it does evolve, if it does change, if it does pivot in a direction, we're right there to be able to understand it. Yeah. Did you guys have like a moment where we were like, you know what, if we don't go this way, if we don't do this agile transformation, we're not going to be able to... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> as, as part of our change management, in fact, that's some of the stuff that while holding global town halls, even discussed it and said, all right, guys, let's just, let's stop for a moment. Let's, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say some things that might sound a bit brutally honest, but let's be brutally honest, right? We are asked to do a job in our company. We're asked to you know, build these infrastructure services, you know, get to infrastructure as code, uh, you know, not just infrastructure as a service, but really get to infrastructure as code, make developers more productive, make our customers happy, keep that stability, that agility, and that efficiency, and that security. And the models that we used way back when, the technologies that we use, the methods that we use are very much changing. And there are others that are doing it right now. Like, I mean, let's take take a look at if you were a brand new company and you had nothing. Yeah, you're going to go look at a cloud provider because you have no capital outlay and you can get started tomorrow. <laughs> Their options are totally right? different. They're, 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 let me take a credit card, yeah. swipe a credit card, and the, just spend something else. Exactly. The, the paradigm is different. The options are different. And if, and if you don't think that's competition for us internally, right, you're sadly mistaken. Now, either we're going to keep up with the trends and we're going we're gonna to really merge that and we'll merge with that and, and do the right things, or we're not going to have jobs anymore. Yeah. And it was that brutal and blunt about it. And I had to be that blunt about it and said, if we don't do this, we no one will need us yeah. specifically for, for anything that we're doing. So we have to get on board and, and find ways of working with it rather than a swimming upstream and working against it. Yeah, rather than status quo. I mean, because that's a purpose-focused you know, focused conversation. It's like, what are we for? What is IT for? Yeah. What is technology for? Well, here's it. Let's talk about the business outcome. Let's not talk about, oh, like we played with this new technology and we plug this in, yeah. we fix your laptops. Like, no, we're responsible. You guys are responsible for making sure that these business outcomes become reality and leveraging technology and the people behind it. Yeah. Uh, and, and so however that gets done, 
It has yeah. to get done and it has to get done in a way that, you know, that you're outpacing those people who can just spin up cloud infrastructure as their foundation, you know, to start mm -hmm. with. Yeah, we spend and, a lot of time and, 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 you know, since people talked about that and when, where we're going is we're looking to create frictionless infrastructure solutions for our R&D uh, counterparts to be able to allow them to get the, you know, those business facing outcomes done faster. So if we can do that from an infrastructure pr perspective, reduce that friction, being able to understand how to enable a, a, a public cloud, uh, a, a private cloud, a hybrid cloud solution uh, for our R&D counterparts and, and do that in a way that's API driven using technology and giving that to our developers, they will be much more successful. Yeah, when the infrastructure has to be as much as part of the pipeline as your code. Yeah. Once the infrastructure is part of your pipeline, right, it's, you know, I, I consider that, at least for this, that's our, the KPI I'm measuring towards right now, right? When, that, when every part of what you needed, you needed table space, you needed database space, you needed storage, you needed compute, you needed um, network connectivity opened up. Once that's all done as part of the pipeline, mm -hmm. and I need and more of this, right? Yeah, I've got a template for it. I, you know, I've, I've, I've got it all modeled out. Um, I need that, and, and it's just start the pipeline and let it go, right? Uh, that's when, when we're ultimately there, right? Mm -hmm. This thing of call me up, you know, tell me how much more you need. Let's go size it up. Let's go do that. That that that's an older they call model. Call out of space. And yeah. Ahead and now, you know, why do you need more? Yeah, and and, <laughs> and 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 instead to be much more dynamic about it, like actually monitoring utilization in the moment, yeah. and then watching that trending of utilization over time and correlating it back to customer growth, correlating it back to feature release, correlating it back to things that would actually affect the infrastructure, and keeping that as a very very tight knit uh, loop, right? that's the, the ultimate place to be. Yeah, and I know a lot of this is, because you have that brutally honest conversation in the town hall, and then the first thought is, do we have the people to do this? So maybe we talk a little bit about talent gap and how sort of tough it is, because you, like you had mentioned previously, you want to go where the skate to where the puck is going. Yeah, and you know where where are those people that can help you? Yeah, that, that, that? that's that, that, that's a challenge, right? They're they're you know we, we talk about having name your brand new technology. Oh well, I, I want the expert in it with five years experience. Yeah. He goes, well, that's that's a bit of an oxymoron. In I, that, want, I want you to be like have twenty years of Go yeah, programming experience. It, so, wait a minute, Go was it goes Go around twenty years? Ago. You know, it, it's like it, the, 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 it, we really got solidified in this thing, except for the guys who maybe invented it, right? Yeah. a few years ago. So how can you even get five years experience on it? So yeah. you, you have to balance that out. Yeah, so you want those guys? Um, you just have to buy like the Kubernetes guy. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, well, Pat did. So yeah, uh, exactly. you know, um, so, so that's one. Way. But the reality is in saying, okay, look, here's an opportunity, and it's an opportunity for those individuals that are that are hungry and eager to learn, and they have both what I call the aptitude and the attitude. They have the attitude that they want to do this, and they have the aptitude to go pick up the, the new skill sets, go for it. And, and it is a balance of doing both, acquiring what you can and finding one or two or a few or whatever that number is of experts, using them as train the trainers, right? They can go train other trainers who will train the next, next line down, and then utilizing what other resources are out there, whether it be through MOOCs, whether it be through even uh, you know, industry and, and, and vendor training, uh, get that out there, get people certified, and let them start experimenting with it. Uh, at the end of the day, none of that matters until you actually try to go use it. I, I can yeah. read about something, but until I actually sit and put my hands on the keyboard and try to use it, program it, and yeah. see, oh, okay, now I get it, see what works, see what, see what, what, what doesn't, 
until that's done. You yeah. know, you don't know what the efficacy of all that. Yeah, that's when things smash be. together. That's and when they smash like, oh, together. It's great, and I watch the video, it's a tutorial, but like then you actually go. And say, yeah. Oh, then there's a billion questions. And of, and, you, and you're going to need both. Yeah. Right. Again, as I said, acquire what you can, and the rest you're going to have to build it up. Like don't don't think you can just go quote unquote acquire all that talent and be done. Yeah, because it's because it's tough yep. to find people to find the right people. Yeah, and every enterprise has their own nuances about how to do something. So what you learn outside of your company and try to bring it into the company a lot of times just doesn't translate. So having those experts on the team that have figured it out and have done it and using them as resources and just going back to our source control. If you have a location where people can go see a reference on how to get started, that just opens up the door, right? A lot of a lot of engineers struggle with taking that next step because they don't have the example on how to take that first step. Right? You, you open up a VI editor and you're looking at a blank screen going, okay, how do I start writing Python code, right? Yeah. You sort of need <laughs> yeah. that, like, give me that example on how to start and what are the things that I need to import in order to get the things working. And, and having these, these experts, these mentors that are going out and training everybody else and having their code as examples on here, this is what you want to do to get started, so powerful, so empowering. Yeah, there's a difference between having a manual or you're having somebody, a living, breathing person Correct. who actually cares that you're successful yeah. being there, ready for because it is. It's incredibly intimidating. Blank screen, Python. Oh, absolutely. And you're like, ah, let me get on YouTube. Right, <laughs> right. And then you go source it and try yeah. to source it, and all of a sudden it doesn't work because we put Python in a different location. And you're like, yeah. why isn't that working? Uh, yeah, exactly. Right? So, yeah. yeah, so there's definitely, yeah, again, technology's hard. There's a lot of challenges with it. But you know, going out and saying, we need to change, and we need to pivot in this direction in order to remain competitive and to provide those solutions necessary, and then finding those key resources within your organization or the ones that you bring in from the outside that will help push this vision. Nice. And so one thing I always like to kind of wrap up with is, uh, where, what do you guys think in, in, in the context of this conversation? What do you think is missing from what people are talking about? I know it says you're always trying to look out like 5, 10, 15 years and see what some of the experimentation is going to yield. Are you finding that, you, that there are some things that, that technology leaders aren't talking about that they should be talking about? Uh, especially after you've gone through the process that you've gone through, you've really made it happen, you've made it real, and, and you're like, why, are, why aren't people talking about this? Yeah, I, I think it's, there's, there, there are more nuances and complexities involved than what we want to give credit for. And I think we're all, and I'm sure I've been guilty of this myself, right? And, and just trying to push things through, through, through the organization, push things through for my company. We get into a place where we want it done tomorrow. We want to snap our fingers yeah. and, and or yesterday, and, or, or yesterday, yeah. <laughs> really more like yesterday. You can do that, Mark. Right? But, but we, 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 we want to just snap our fingers, and 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 it's just and it's complete. And that appreciation of certain things can move pretty quickly, and 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 these things are some certain things are going to take a little bit longer, and to have that appreciation of knowing the difference. Um, as well as sometimes even someone like me, and, and I'm an extremely impatient person, but you got to have some of that patience. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that, that's what we miss is that there's there's a lot of great uh, sales literature or, or, or a lot of great YouTube videos out there that make it seem oh so simple. When you actually go to go do it, it takes yeah. a little bit longer. It happens automatically. You know, it just happens automatically. Through a single pane of glass. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and it's also true when things are simple. And as it become more complex, that's when the gotchas come in. Like ah, oh, I hadn't considered that. It, it, it's, it's evolution. It, it's growth. The greatest challenge, I think, is we don't give enough time, enough space for understanding that evolution and that growth. No, I think that's, that's really fascinating that because it is, you don't, there's certain things as you're just trying to go. You're trying to get it done. You've got your KPIs, you know, what's going to turn you know, red, what's going to turn yellow. And you don't stop to think, well, what's, what's the sort of 
consequences, the long-term consequences of some of the decisions that we're making right now? Because you do, like, like you're saying, if you, you want it to be perfect right now. But if you put something that was in your mind, like the perfect system, architected it, and you were able to snap your fingers, it probably wouldn't work. Because there's a billion things, like you said, you haven't considered, and right. you didn't know, and there was compatibility issues, and you're like, oh, yeah. no, but it was perfect in my mind, yeah. Right. <laughs> but the key to what you're saying is being able to have a leader that has the ability to create that vision. Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I don't think enough technology companies are, are, are companies that are looking to leverage technology is having those leaders that are hands-on technologists that can create that vision, that can go and get into the weeds to talk about where technology is going, where the team needs to go, where the company needs to go, to be able to go and articulate, this is our vision five years from now. This is where we should be going. Here's some framework I think we should be using in order to get there. And then letting your 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 really smart engineers take that as the direction and go with it. And don't let them go down into the weeds too long, right? I think as engineers, as programmers, as technologists, we'd love to go and understand and dig, 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 dig. And, it, it, and going back to what Vipple said, you do want that to happen. You need to have that patience. You want them to learn and experiment, but you need to make sure you have those leaders in place that have done it, have the vision, have been part of technology for a while that can leverage that and give your associates the direction necessary. Yeah, because ultimately it's not, I guess, your job, Vipple, to you know create that system. It's your job to say, hey, go out and make it better. Here's the outcome. And then you'll get one year to 11 minutes. Right. Yeah. yeah and, and that's magic. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you guys for joining the CIO Exchange podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to the CIO Exchange podcast. For more conversations with technology leaders from around the world, consider subscribing to this podcast. And to get video perspectives and deep research, visit vmware.com slash CIO.